0: Welcome to Unlocking Empowered Motherhood with Miss Leah, a supportive space for badass moms to help each other tap into our power as mothers and not get lost in the day to day struggles of parenting. We're so glad you're here. Hey, welcome back to the Empowered Mom Podcast with Miss Leah. I'm Miss Leah and I'm happy you're here today. I'm going to talk about something that's pretty near and dear to my heart and has been definitely a, a major piece of my life from childhood to now and beyond and it's something I think about a lot and that is body shaming. What does that have to do with our kids? Well, it has everything to do with our kids because where did we learn about body shaming and where did we learn about what was acceptable and what wasn't and what was a good body and what was a desirable body? We learned it in the world. We learned it from our parents. We learned it from our grandparents. We learned it from whatever garbage they were fed. We learned it from the media. Um, I'm a child of the 80s and a teenager of the 90s. And in the 90s, you know, heroin chic was a real thing. Like we really aspired to look like somebody who was almost dead of heroin. That was in the fashion magazines. That's what Vogue was telling us. And my age, you know, I'm dating myself here, but YM, Sassy, all the the magazines that were geared toward my young 13, 14 year old age were really featuring these very very skinny models and pretty much nobody else so i wanted to talk today a little bit about how do we change these patterns for our children now you might again think that i'm only talking to parents of girls and that would be a very big mistake this is an across the board issue it does inordinately affect girls But boys are absolutely affected by body shaming and their responses to body shaming I think are extremely important as well. So I want us to think a little bit about where did you come from? What are your patterns? I can tell you right now that I came from a very loving mother who loved me more than life, but she did not eat very normally at all. And it wasn't until I was an adult And I started noticing that I ate the same way and that I wouldn't necessarily have breakfast. And I would wait until I was pretty starving. And then I would eat a little something. And then I would wait a little while longer. And it started to dawn on me, and I'm being very vulnerable here with you all, that, you know, disordered eating is not really that uncommon. It's really way more common than it should be or needs to be. So, you know, I don't want to be talking today about who to blame and why and who we're mad at. What my goal here in this podcast episode is about resetting the situation for our children. How can we stop perpetuating the patterns that we learned as children? And how do we change for our kids what is normal and what they should be aspiring to look like, feel like, how they should eat, how they should exercise, move their bodies, all of that. If you've listened to other episodes of the podcast, you know that I firmly believe that we model for children. Children do what they see, not what we tell them. They do what they experience and they remember and perpetuate things that are in their life. So you can tell them all day long, about all the healthy habits and how to look at themselves positively. But if they see us, you know, having a different attitude about our bodies, um, that is, those are very powerful messages. So the first thing I want to really mention and, and address is how do you talk about yourself in front of your kids? How do you talk about other people's bodies in front of your kids? What are the things that they hear? I remember hearing, you know, my mom and her friends talking about, oh, well, this one had work done and that one had has put on weight, Um, you know, talking about friends or what have you or celebrities. And I think, you know, we don't think about it as being so toxic when we're just kind of spitballing and talking to our friends or saying how we feel about ourselves. But it's really important to remember that our kids are listening and that those messages are they're being heard loud and clear, whether your child is seven, 12, or two, they are hearing these messages. I know we've had conversations a lot at preschool about the messages that we let loose out of our mouths in front of children about our own selves. And it's really important that we look internally and think about what we're saying before we say it. Um, There's really also been this very strange thing that started to happen. I think in the last 20 years or so where, you know, food is good and food is bad and you have to earn the bad food and you have to stomach through eating the good food because that's healthy. And I think that whole mentality needs a major shift and tweak. Because we've got a whole generation of kids that don't really like to try new things. They don't really want to eat vegetables because they've been taught that those are the healthy things. And they want the junk. And to somebody who's hungry, you know, whether it's a candy bar or a bowl of kale, it's food, right? We don't want to set up our kids with this mentality that food carries judgment, that it's good or bad to eat a certain kind of food. Withholding food or sweets as a punishment perpetuates that. Making sweets such a special thing that they are now a thing. You never get to have them. So when you get them, you want to eat the whole box of cookies. I don't know about you, but that's how I grew up. We didn't have crackers in the house because my mom loved crackers. So she was afraid she'd eat the whole box of crackers. So we never had them. And as an adult at 42 years old, I bought a box of Triscuits recently and I had to talk myself into it and remind myself that I was allowed to buy those Triscuits because just because they were in my house doesn't mean I'm going to eat the whole box. And if I do eat the whole box, so what? Maybe I'm hungry. Maybe I'm deficient of some sodium and I just really needed those carbs. You know, if I'm craving them that much, maybe it's the fact that I haven't let myself eat crackers in 10 years that makes me want to eat the whole box. So I think if we're really talking about how this affects our kids, we want them to be able to monitor their own bodies and to listen to their bodies. Sometimes we get a craving. I don't know about you, but I sometimes get cravings for very healthy things. And it's usually because my body is really needing it. You know, if you're if you're feeling anemic, Sometimes you crave spinach and that happens to me fairly often. I remember that started in my pregnancy. I I need a lot of iron when I was pregnant. And that was really the first time in my adult life that I ever really stopped and listened to my body and thought about what did it need and really tried not to judge that, which was difficult because I, most of my pregnancy, my two main pregnancy cravings were jack-in-the-box tacos, you know, the the two for a dollar kind and uh, hot dogs. So, you know, I could have easily self-judged pretty heavily, but my baby needed some protein and my baby apparently really needed some cheap tacos. And so I ate lots of those when I was pregnant and I have no regrets. This stuff is really subtle, you guys. It's, it's not the big stuff. It's the little stuff. Um, you know, I was thinking about this recently that what what would it be like if we talked about our own bodies like they were the ones we made or the ones we're raising our children? You know, I look at my child and I think he's exactly perfect, exactly the way that he is. He's growing, he's thriving, you know, in his fourth grade body, he's thicker than he was when he was littler. And I don't look at him and think, oh boy, he's getting chubby. I look at him and think he is exactly what he needs to be. He's a growing child and he's eating and moving and happy and thriving. But then I look at myself and think, oh, look at that belly. Look at that round, you know, my thick thighs that used to be half the size that they are now. And I think if we all walked around complimenting ourselves in front of our children in genuine ways, that would really go a long way in resetting not only what they're hearing, but what we are hearing and what we are perpetuating. You know, saying something to your child about your body being so strong or telling them, you know, I'm really proud of myself that I'm 40 years old and I can play a whole game of tennis or I can do a major hike with the dog or I can this or that. I have a round belly because... I carried a baby in there and that is amazing. My body can do amazing things. What can your body do? Oh, your body can get on a bike every morning in the cold and ride your bike to school. That's impressive. I don't think my body would would have such an easy time doing that. So I think there's just something very valuable about resetting how we are phrasing and what we are saying and what we are talking about with our children and around our children. Exercise is is a really big piece of this. You know, how often do our kids hear us say things like, ugh, I really should exercise today, but I don't feel like it. Ugh, I'm going to be bad and I'm not going to exercise. I'm so bad. I mean, my son hears it a lot and I'm not here to tell you that I'm perfect at this. I'm here to tell you that this is a big issue in my world that I'm trying to actively improve. And these are things that I notice now that I'm paying more attention Exercise does not make you good. If exercise made you good, then rest would make you bad. Are you bad if you need a rest? Is that a bad trait or quality? Absolutely not. We've created this situation in this country and in our society where resting is considered lazy. And that's, frankly, that's BS. You know, we work very hard. We've all been under tremendous stress, especially in the last two years exercise sometimes does make us feel better, but it's really freaking hard sometimes to convince yourself to jump on the Peloton after a long day's work and in between, you know, your next shift of parenting. It's exhausting. So things like, you know, I'm working out so that I can eat this thing I'm, you know, I'm going to earn food because I'm going to do some exercise later. These are things I think we really need to just drop from our lexicon. I saw a post this morning, actually from one of our teachers that um, I'll be sharing today that says, working out should be a celebration of what our bodies can do, not a punishment for enjoying food. Food is wonderful. Sharing food can be a very loving act. I love to feed people. It is how I show my love. Withholding food from ourselves to punish ourselves or to stay small is something that our children will notice. Whether we like it or we think so or not, they will notice. What's really messed up in my mind and what really kind of still shakes me is that my whole life I have been taught society at large, that I need to be smaller. I need to take up less space. As a woman who now has realized the damage of that, I look at my children, my children, my child, and all of your children, and I think that's the last thing I want for them. When I see you know, some strong will, little girl outside at school, holding court, telling everybody what to do and how life is and being a little budding leader. I don't want her to be smaller. I don't want her to be diminished. I want her to take up as much space as she needs to get her point across and to make her mark in this world. Losing weight and being smaller and taking up less space is nothing any parent truly wants for their child. And that's what's so fucked up about it, you guys. That is where we have gone so terribly wrong. Why would I ever want to do something to myself that I wouldn't wish upon my children? And I personally believe that a lot of you are hearing this and relating pretty deep and pretty heavy. I'm not saying this to shame you or myself in any way. I'm saying this because I think we all need to hear it and we all need to enlighten ourselves and open our own eyes. Our children are listening. They are taking it all in. They are judging themselves. People my age Older, millennial, cusper, exennial, whatever you want to call me. You know, we talk a lot about how, you know. So let's collectively think about this. Let's think about the things we're saying. Let's celebrate girls being big and strong. Let's celebrate boys being kind and nurturing. Let's also, by the way, take the focus off the binary, which unfairly skews against girls and anyone who isn't 100% feeling male or female. So let's take the, oh, you're such a sweet girl and you're so cute and pretty and look at him. He's so big and strong and he's brave and all these things and start handing out those genuine compliments that you really, really mean in a different way. Let's make them genuine, not general. Not, oh, you're so cute, but genuinely express interest in their play, in their artwork, in their self-expression. I believe 100% that we can change this for the next generation. They are already better at it than we are. Generation Z is way more confident and has way more body positivity than... X or millennial. Thank God it just seems like it's getting better generation by generation. I hope that when our kids grow up and they're leading the charge, this won't even be a conversation anymore. Let's all move through the generational traumas of disordered eating, dangerous and skewed body standards, and the damn binary. Can we move through it together, you guys? Can we put it to bed already? You know, for Kids in in elementary school, my son and his friends, they talk about the gender spectrum and they talk about things in terms of being non-binary and it blows my mind because this isn't anything that was ever something we thought about as kids, but it makes so much sense and the puzzle pieces for so many people my age are coming together now where they're looking at their lives and saying, oh my God, that's why. That's why I never fit in. That's why I never felt like I made any sense anywhere. Because I didn't fit into that binary. And I truly believe that it's not too late. It's not too late for our kids. It's not even too late for us, you guys. We can do better. We can do better. We can start owning our shit. And if you catch yourself saying something in front of your child that shames yourself or your body say something. You know what? That was a not very nice thing for me to say about myself. I'm going to rephrase that. Catch it, release it, and move on. I know we can do it. And at the end of the day, we can say that we're doing this for our kids and we should be doing this for our kids. But you know where it needs to start? With us. We deserve better than heroin chic. We deserve better Then, oh, she had work done. Oh, look at that belly she's grown over the pandemic. Oh, this and that and the other judgmental comment. We all deserve to lift each other up, to walk around this planet complimenting and praising and showing what we see in people, not just the outside, not just how cute they look today. I'll be really honest with you. Some podcasts I know are 100% for you. Some of my episodes are also for me. I need to hear this. I need to say it out loud. I need to shout it from the rooftops. I say it to my friends all the time. But do I internalize it? Not always. I need to do a better job of that because I deserve it. Just like you do. So everyone, today is two days after Valentine's Day. Let's give ourselves some love. Give ourselves some care. Give yourselves some out loud compliments in front of your kids. And pay attention to what comes out of your mouth. Recognize that it's not our fault. We've inherited this garbage. But now we need to chew it up and spit it out and move on and be better. Thank you for listening. I love you all. Have a great week.